Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Obviously, that's from White, uh, Christmas. Him and uh, um, Clooney, can I think of her first name right now? Marianne? Rosemary. Rosemary, Rosemary Clooney. A great scene there. But remember what he was saying was basically this. When life is at its worst, just remember um, that there are blessings afoot in our lives. And this morning, um, I just want to go on that same theme of being grateful. We, we spent this past week, Thanksgiving, you know, celebrating as a nation what we're thankful for. You gather with family and friends, probably on a smaller scale. Maybe you were alone this year because of the COVID situation. But I hope that you gave thanks to the Lord for the many blessings that he put in your life. Well, as we've been going through these past few weeks, we've been talking about these encounters that Jesus was having with people. And this week, we're going to talk about a, a situation where he just happened to come upon a group of individuals, and in the midst of this encounter with Jesus, at the heart of this encounter, was the issue or the act of gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, a fascinating passage of Scripture that is going to challenge us, but also, I believe, in more, more than encourage us regarding having an attitude or a lifestyle of gratitude. Now, I'll tell you what, I can't sing like Bing, Bing Crosby, and he had a great song there about counting your blessings, but I do remember, if you've been raised in church, you, you probably remember the, the hymn, um, Count Your Blessings. Anyone out there remember that song, Count Your Blessings? I, I was going to sing it, but I'm out of key. I tried it over the weekend, and the more I listened to myself singing, I thought, I am not going to do that in public. But um, it says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And then it kind of pauses, the song kind of pauses, and the, and the worship leader always kind of slow it down. It would say, count your blessings, pause, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. That is so true. Every day of our lives, we have the potential of encountering the blessings of God. There are universal blessings that God gives to all people, no matter if they acknowledge him or not, no matter if they are followers of Christ or not. We call those universal blessings. They're the the blessings of of daily need, right? Uh, The daily needs of shelter, food, clothing, um, opportunity, um, family, friendships, Health. These are, these are blessings that God spreads out amongst all people in order that they may acknowledge him at some point and give thanks to him. But there are also special moments in our lives. Sometimes they come on, onto us unbeknownst to us. Other times they come upon us because they are direct responses to answered prayer where God does these supernatural acts of blessing in our life. The times where he, he protects us from, from dangerous situation. Um, times that he shields us from our adversaries or helps us to overcome adversarial uh, uh, projects or, or, or boundaries or 
um, people in our lives. There are times that God does supernatural healings when we weren't expecting it. Um, open doors of advancement in our lives or open doors of opportunity that we have been praying about for maybe months or weeks or years even. Um, they're the unexpected events that just bring joy to our life when God interrupts us and chooses to bless us in a specific way. Well, in Luke chapter 17, that is exactly what Jesus is doing. Jesus unexpectedly blesses a group of individuals and their lives because of that blessing um, were forever changed because it was a supernatural blessing. In Luke 17, there are 10 people that received a great mercy of God, a supernatural healing from him. But only one of those 10 chose to come back and show a heart of gratitude, coming back to to thanking Jesus for what he had done for them. And there is this moment where Jesus kind of shows us that there is this expectation from him that we be people of gratitude. This morning, um, where's your gratitude meter at? Is it off the charts? Are you one of these people that every day you find a way uh, to acknowledge what God is up to in your life? Or maybe your, your, your gratitude meter is at the other end, cold and unmovable. Well, I hope that today through this reading of God's word that um, we can be challenged to be people who are grateful and, and overwhelmed with thankfulness for what God is doing in our life. If you're in Luke 17, uh, we're going to re- pick up in verses 11, and we're going to look at the scene here. It says, while he, meaning Jesus, was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. So he's out in the middle of the, of the woods, right? He's visiting a very small village that's not named. And as he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy who stood at a distance met him and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, we can be a little bit callous to this situation because or this scene because for, for the most part, leprosy is an unknown quantity um, in this modern age. For the most part, it has been eradicated. There, there are small pockets here and there uh, of people that are struggling with, with leprosy. But for the most part, through modern day medicine, it has been and taken care of. And so there might be this, this uh, no empathy shown in this situation. I remember only one time in my entire life that I have encountered someone with leprosy it was back in 1996. Um, I was ministering in, in Tanzania, Africa, and the group that I was with, we were on foot. We, we usually kind of uh, went out in the middle of nowhere and, and hiked everywhere and you know slept wherever we can put up a camp at night. And we were given a map and, and we would just make our way around the, the countryside. And, and on this map, we came across this village um, that was set up in a very strange way. Number one, it wasn't on the map we were given. Um, but surrounding this little small village was this big old ditch. It wasn't filled with water. It was just this big old ditch, and there are two-by-fours which strung across the ditch into the village. And so when we were approaching them, obviously we were, we were a group of white people in the middle of Africa, so we kind of stood out. 
And as we approach them, they begin to shout at us from the other side of the ditch. And basically, they were telling us to stay away um, because they were a leprous, a leper village. And so after a lot of negotiating back and forth, we, we let them know that we came to, be, to connect with them and, and to share with them. And after a while, they invited us into the village. And we never did take pictures of that day because we didn't want to be offensive to those that, um, that were struggling in that, in that uh, certain situation in life. But that day is forever seared in my mind because not only was it the sight that I beheld, but it was also the stench of, of rotting flesh. And if you've ever been around rotting flesh, it, it's just something that will never leave your memory senses, right? And uh, so we walked into this village and, and literally, you know, tens of people, maybe up to 100 people were gathered there and uh, people without limbs, um, people whose uh, bodies were being eaten away in their flesh by this disease, um, uh, oozing sores everywhere. And this is for adults and children alike. Uh, I, I think maybe you saw one or two people that didn't have uh, leprosy in that entire village. And so there, there they were just at the very bottom rung of life, um, clothes in tatters. Um, they didn't really have an economy. They, were, they just kind of lived day by day in a, very, in a lot of abject poverty. And uh, in the midst of all that, what was so great about that experience for me was that there was, a, was an active church in the middle of that village, and that church was alive in Christ. And you would think that we would show up and it would be all depressing. Now, we were kind of depressed because we were not used to that life, but for them, I mean, they, they, they lived with leprosy, but at some point, this church was established in the middle of this village, and they knew how to worship God. Even in the midst of their um, abject poverty, in the midst of all that life had taken away from them because of this disease, um, they still had this awe and reverence for God. I'll never forget that moment. And so for me, I can, I can visualize this scene where these 10 men having the same issue that I saw back in 1996 in Tanzania, um, the rotting flesh, the open oozing sores, um, the deformed limbs, maybe missing limbs, um, the, the rags on their back. More than likely, these men in the scripture before they encountered Jesus, they had a subsistent life. They lived by begging day by day for, for food and for a little money here and there. More than likely, in the middle of the night, they would show up and go through the outside of the village, going through their garbage heaps, looking for anything that they could survive on. So these men were in, in not a great condition in life. I would even say that me, these men more than likely um, lived with tremendous hopelessness. For they shouted to Jesus as he walked by for him to have mercy upon them. And I love this scene. I love this scene because immediately Jesus' love and welcoming heart, his compassion that overflows from this unbelievable heart of his, this pure heart of his, goes out to these 10 men. And the moment that they ask for mercy, he grants mercy to them. He didn't ask them to do anything to earn this great mercy, this great healing. He basically heard their pleas for help and he acted on them. And I'm not sure if you can wrap your mind around this or not, but Jesus basically says, go, go and present yourself to the priest. That was the Levitical um, protocol during the day. They, the priest would declare them able to re-engage society. 
So these men just took Jesus at his word and they made their way um, to Jerusalem, more than likely to see the priest to be declared healed. Now, Luke, for some reason, and he's a doctor, he doesn't give us a great insight to what went on. I wish he did. But at some point, as they made their way down the road, they were transformed from men who were lepers to men who leprosy was gone. Now, I don't know if if it was every step of the way that they took that um, the leprosy went away or or they got to mile two and all of a sudden at mile two, boom. I mean, all, all 10 of them simultaneously their skin healed up, the sores went away, uh, limbs were reattached to their bodies. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but it had to be a fantastical sight. Now, it wasn't these men's desperation that um, were acts of faith. I think they were just crying out to Jesus because there was nothing else for them to do. But it was the moment that they began to walk towards Jerusalem was the moment they demonstrated faith that what Jesus said was going to happen was going to happen to them. But it says that, that when one saw that he was being cleansed, he, he came back to Jesus. And, and in his gratitude, he began to worship at the feet of Jesus. Look what it says in verse 15. I, I love this scene. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, that's why I wonder if it, had, if it was just like an instantaneous moment because they're walking, they're walking down the road and he looks down and oh my goodness, he, he's completely healed, right? But turning back, he glorifies God with a loud voice and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him and he was a Samaritan. My goodness, this man had a double whammy in life. Not only was he a leper, but he was one rung below the leper and that was he was a a Samaritan. I wish we had time to unpack that. We don't this morning, but that's a great story in of itself. And so this man was able to see what is really important about gratitude. Gratitude is reflective in a heart that worships God with everything in us. When the man saw that he was healed, he turned back to give thanks to God, to bless the Lord. Now, Gratitude is simply that. Gratitude is an act of worship. It is acknowledging in our lives and to others that see our lives that God is sovereign in all that he does. That God is supreme in every situation. It also acknowledges that God is the one who provides all things for us. It is an acknowledgement of God's love for you. It is acknowledgement of God's concern for you. It's acknowledgement of God's power, his unlimited power to intervene at any time in your life, to do as he so pleases in your life. And most of the time, it's acknowledgement that God sometimes just shows up in mysterious ways. A heart that worships God, a heart of gratitude that worships God says, you know what, God, you've done it in the past. You're doing it now. And I believe that in the future you will continue to bless me. But not only is it just an act of worship, but it's also a, a testimony, a witness to an unbelieving world, a world that is, that's, that's hearts are, are hardened towards um, the existence of God. When God supernaturally visits your life, and pours out his blessings upon you. Um, it is a way for us to give thanks and to testify 
to an unbelieving world that there is a God, that he is alive, that he is very active and engaged into the, into the hearts of people that he still provides to this very day. So when this man came to Jesus, his life was forever changed. And I believe that's why we, we experience these blessings from God. It's so that our lives can be transformed by his great mercy, by his great Unbelievable grace. So this man's life of rejection and suffering was over with. And he goes back and, he, and the scripture says with a loud wail. In other words, he just unleashed all of his emotions. You know, worship is an emotional event. And this man could care less if there were crowds around Jesus could care less that but what he was doing was in front of everybody. He was so caught up in unbelievable gratitude that with a loud voice he began to praise God. Paul um, mentions to us that there is something more than just what we call universal blessings or, or physical blessings. Last week we kind of, uh, I spoke up and said, hey, what are you guys thankful for? And we, we heard family and we heard friends thankful for uh, church. Um, thankful for Dave Myers. I didn't hear that one at all, but I'm sure all of you were thankful for Dave Myers. But um, we had these gen- general things that we were thankful for. But Paul says there's something even greater on behalf of the Christian. That yes, God does bless us with these universal blessings. And sometimes, yes, he does bless us in supernatural ways. But more importantly, he also blesses us in the spiritual aspects of life. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. He says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. You see, we should be captivated by all that Christ has done for us in our salvation. Um, We should be captivated with gratitude by his loving kindness. We should be captivated with gratitude for his great mercies. We should be captivated with loving kindness for his great grace in our life. We should be captivated for his loving kindness that he forgave us all of our sin. We should be captivated with gratitude for the righteousness of Christ that is at work within us in this very moment. We should be overwhelmed with a gratitude um, of of all that Christ does to help us live life victoriously on this earth. So we should, as Paul says, all of that, all this knowledge of all that God has accomplished for us in Jesus Christ, we should just cause us to be overflowing. It just should be oozing out of us graciousness and gratefulness to the Lord. This morning, are you overflowing with gratitude because you have tapped in to that connectivity of all that God has done for you in Jesus Christ. Well, if you wonder if, if gratitude is, in a, is an important aspect of worship to God, and this um, uh, scene pretty much sets it up and says, no, God expects us to be people of gratitude. Jesus expects um, to be thanked for the things that he does in our lives. Look what he says in verse 
17, verse 18. He does so by asking a question. But Jesus, and again, the guy is worshiping and, and just loudly proclaiming his worship of God. And at some point, Jesus kind of interrupts and says, were there not 10 that I cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? It mattered to Jesus that the nine did not come back with this one. Now, I, I, in my mind, I believe that they are walking down the road and, and they're doing what Jesus had told them to do and they're having conversations with one another and one looks down and goes, oh my goodness, we are set free from our leprosy. And I believe they had a conversation. I believe they got really excited about the instantaneous um, miracle that had taken place in their life. And maybe they debated. Maybe they debated about going back and thanking Jesus. And maybe they said, no, well, you know, we don't have time. Um, we got to go. The sun's, the sun's going down over the hill. We got to get to Jerusalem before the sun goes down. We got to present ourselves before the priest. And they hightail it on down the road. But that one man, I mean, that one man stopped in his track and he said, no, 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 no. I know what Jesus told us to do, but I got to go back and thank him for what he done for us. Now, in one aspect, we're going to say, well, what was, what was Jesus all mad about? Didn't these men do as he said? Didn't he say, go and present yourself to the priest? And did they not go and do just as he said immediately? And the answer is yes. Were these men... Were the nine grateful as this guy who came back to Jesus was grateful? Yes and no. You see, they were grateful that they were healed. They were grateful that they um, uh, were shown mercy by Jesus. But they were caught up in the miracle itself. They were caught up and, and, and being wowed by the blessing. They had forgot to be wowed by the giver of that blessing. And in their hearts, in their hearts, they had, they were, they were stunned and they were thankful for the gift of healing, but they were not thankful for the giver of that healing, except for this one. Gratitude is important to Jesus, and, and thus it's important to our Heavenly Father because it places the source of our blessing where it should be duly given, and that is at God himself. That, yeah, we can say, yeah, you know, people, this guy or this family member or this person helped me and I was blessed through them or I was blessed through their generosity or I was, I was blessed by this situation in life. And while God's saying, no, 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 peel back the layers of that blessing and give thanks to who actually was behind the scenes in those unknown moments that you were unaware of that he was actually working out the blessing on your behalf. He was setting up people be in the right places at the right time in order to bless you, right? So God was at work, and, and Jesus was basically saying, yes, um, uh, give thanks, because there is one who is unlimited in his ability to do great things in our lives. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18, uh, this is what it says. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and listen to this, in everything, and in, in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So everything that we experience in life, the good, 
um, the bad, the ugly. We, we, we ought to give thanks to God. But especially in those moments where God just overwhelms us with unexpected graciousness. We ought to give thanks. Why? Because it is the will of God. Why is it the will of God? Because, because it, it enhances your ability to, to worship, but it also enhances your understanding of the awesomeness of your God. Gratitude brings you before the very presence of God and allows your heart to be enlarged in your love um, for him and your need of him in your life. It is God's will that you have a a grateful heart because, beloved, you are unmeasurably blessed by him. A grateful person is not hard to miss in life. I mean, they kind of stick out like a sore thumb. And I have on the screen um, in front of me, in front of you, uh, just some things that, that describe people with grateful hearts. And maybe this describes you. Maybe you can kind of take a little a mental note whether or not um, these things apply to you. Because a, a person who's grateful is a positive person. Um, they're humble. They're humble by what God is doing in their life. They're at peace with what God is doing in their life. They're thoughtful of others. They put other people first. They're, they're willing to serve um, unselfishly. Um, they're, they're generous in their service to others, but they're also generous in their giving to others. They're, they're generous in their giving to the church. They're, they're friendly. They're, they're motivated. I mean, I mean, people that are grateful to God, they don't need any motivation in life. They, they live with tremendous purpose. They're faithful. They're fruitful. They're, they're joyful. And this is what I love best. And they live permanently in awe of who God is and what he is doing. And he's looking, and they're always looking forward to, to what God is up to next in their life. Do you, do you ever get tired of God blessing you? The answer is absolutely no. God, bless me as much as you want to bless me. Well, then live in the expectation of God just doing just that. Live in the expectation by allowing your heart to be enlarged in in awe and worship and be men and women who are filled with tremendous gratitude for all that Christ has done for us. Now, one last thing I want to share with you before we end today, and that's found in in verse 19. We can't overlook this one thing. And so this man comes back and, and he gives thanks to God, and this is what Jesus' final response to him was. And he said to this man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. You see, those 10 men that came to Jesus, they all, they all got healed physically. But one got a, a double blessing for sure. You see, the, the second blessing that, that Jesus gave this man because of his faith in Christ was this. He gave him eternal life. The other nine, to our, our knowledge, did not have, have that same faith in Jesus that this man did. The reason why this man came back, he kind of connected the two dots together. He saw that his natural healing was connected to a man who said, I am indeed the son of the living God. I am the savior of the world. And in that moment of worship at the feet of Jesus, he was proclaiming that Jesus was who he said he was. And that's why Jesus said, your faith had been forgiven. You see, the other, other men, they, they, they lived, I don't think for a moment that God took back that blessing. I believe they were physically healed for the rest of their lives. 
But whether that, that their lives were, were, were 30 years or 20 years or 40 years or however long they lived on this earth, that blessing ended in their death. The blessing that this man received, the second blessing, continues on to this very day. Because in heaven, there, was, there is a man who was a Samaritan um, that once was a leper all his life and now is enjoying the, the bountiful fruit of heaven. So for 2,000 years, he has been experiencing an unmeasurable, unending blessing from God because he had faith in Jesus Christ. You see, none of us in this room can understand what it means to be a physical lepers. But we can all, all understand what it means to be spiritual lepers because we are spiritual lepers. We, we are born with unclean hearts. We are, we are born into sin. And it is when we cry out to God for mercy, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. His gracious and welcoming heart, his loving heart towards us is the same in our spiritual heart of leprosy as it was these leprous men. That he welcomes us in. He takes us in. And our words of faith are admonition of faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I love it. I love in this, in this scripture where Jesus in this moment said, you know what? Salvation is so easy. Have faith in me and you are born again. And we make, we make Christianity so difficult when it's so simple. You want to be saved this morning? Then this is how you do it. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 13 makes a, backs this claim up, what Jesus did. Basically it says, with your mouth confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and in your heart believe that God raised him from the dead. You too shall be saved, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's simple. And when we do that, God removes the leprosy of sin that stains our souls, and he covers it in the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, that people in life have options. And the options that people have in regards to the salvation, they either reject it or they accept it based on having grateful hearts. Look what he says in Romans 1, 21. He says, For even though they, meaning the world, knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. What were they darkened with? They were darkened with unbelief. They were darkened in, in not believing that Jesus would do what Jesus said he would do, and that is to seek and save those who were lost, those who were hopeless in their sin. This morning, if you're here this morning and, and you have yet to place your trust in Jesus Christ, if you're listening online and you have yet to place your trust in Jesus Christ, all you have to simply do is turn to Christ and trust in Him to be your Lord and Savior. That's simple. If you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but your gratitude meter is, is, you know, hasn't revved up yet, I encourage you to go before Him in, in repentance. In repentance for allowing your heart just to be overgrown with concern and need and worries. That you forgot to be a person of gratitude. Because when you go before him in repentance, again, just like in salvation, the welcoming and gracious heart of Jesus will meet you and he'll forgive you. 
There's nothing better in life and not a greater witness we can possibly be than to be people who are filled with tremendous gratitude. Live a life of tremendous gratitude for all that he has done for you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the reminder through your word today that you are a God who who does the unexpected. (laughs) And when you do, Lord, bless us. You change our lives forever. Lord, help us to be men and women who walk in that gratitude. Father, forgive us when when we mistakenly worship the, the blessing instead of worshiping the giver of that blessing. Forgive us, God, for being in awe of circumstances instead of being in awe of you. Lord, help us, Lord, in our feebleness um, when we don't give proper thanks for all that you do. We thank you, Father God, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your unbelievable mercy to us. Lord, help us to respond with, with hearts of worship this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.